Yo, have you heard of LinkedIn Learning? If you haven't, LinkedIn Learning is an American massive open online course provider. It provides video courses taught by industry experts in a variety of subjects. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because Living Corporate is in partnership with LinkedIn Learning to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Listen, if you're trying to be a better ally, you want to understand better diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, or you just want to learn how to be a better leader, you got to check out the courses on LinkedIn Learning. So check it out. You can do it one of two ways. You can click the link in the show notes or you go to LinkedIn Learning and you search Living Corporate again. Link in the show notes or go to LinkedIn Learning and search Living Corporate. I'll see you over there. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Living Corporate Podcast. My, myself, I'm Brandon Gordon. What's going on, Mike? <laughs> that's <laughs> nah, nah, it's fine, it's fine. It's, it's been a very long day um it has we are going to talk to you about salary negotiations if you having a job if you have a job right now first job second job or whatever go ahead and share the broadcast share with everyone because we all need to get our paper we all need to get our money um but first before we start we get a bit of housekeeping Follow us on Living Corporate at uh, Living Corporate underscore pod on Twitter and uh, follow us on Living Corporate on, um, on LinkedIn. Mike, where can they find you at? Where can you they find me? Find me, on, find me um, on Twitter at just Mike Yates. And you can also follow me at Ghostface Sigma on Twitter as well. Um, so today, um, just talk about more about the Living Corporate. Living Corporate is a writing and podcast platform dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. We are an early to make consulting group who came together based on a shared desire to have a frank conversation about the ways we exist, survive, and succeed in corporate spaces. As a collective, we represent a broad spectrum of beliefs, cultures, and identities, and we know that our differences have shaped our perspectives and experiences in corporate America. We want to engage with other voices that often go underheard and have our conversations out loud. Living corporate is for everyone, anyone and everyone who wants to have these conversations with us and push the needle forward and how we can create sustained spaces that reflect our true inclusiveness. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and this this is the access point, um, which is Living, Living Corporate Network, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, so the access point is a weekly web show where, look, y'all, we're trying to bring you real talk to help you prepare for the workforce. Um, and, and look, before I'll say it again, this content is for everybody, but for this time right here, we're focused on preparing black and brown folk, uh, black and brown college students, black and brown early career professionals for the future of work. And so every week we'll have incredible guests uh, on the show and we'll we'll discuss the topic at hand. This week we actually had a guest that had to cancel on us. Well, um, so you got me and you got Brandon, uh, but we have plenty of experience in the workforce and plenty to share with you about salary negotiation. Um, so we're we're gonna jump into that right now. So yes, yes, we are. Uh, so so I, I have I have a question for you, Mike. Without sharing the actual number, um, are you comfortable in your salary right now? What you're making? Oh, I think you froze a little bit. Can you repeat that? Uh, sure. Um, are you comfortable in the salary that you're making right now? Yeah. Uh, so my answer is yes, but. Uh, so I, I'll tell you this right now, I, without saying the number, I'm, I'm at a salary level that I never imagined that I'd ever be at. 
before. Like if you would have told me when I was 12 years old or when I was 15 or when I was 21 that I'd make what I'm making now, uh, I would have called, I would have called you a lie, especially working in education. Um, and so I am, I was, I was just talking about this on a podcast. Like I'm very fortunate, very blessed. Um, and, and so, yeah, like I am, I'm happy with my salary level. However, uh, I am about to ask for a raise. <laughs> uh, and and then we'll, we'll talk about why in, in the course of this episode. Yeah, sure. I'm, for myself, I'm, I'm pretty com- very comfortable uh, with, always, of course, you always want more, but for right now in my career, I'm very comfortable where I'm at. Um, so let's go back 10 years ago when you very first started your career. Uh, were you comfortable then? Were you comfortable with the money she was getting then? Or did you try to try to get more, but you know the, the means of how to get it? My life was different 10 years ago. Um, you know, and, and so, like, I, I would not say I was comfortable. No, like, I, I definitely have come a long, long way in my career. Um, and And so... Uh, no, I wasn't. And, and, and like, did I know how to navigate? Um, not necessarily, but, but I, like, I, I knew how to, well, I knew that I should ask for more, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know when or how or, or like where to. And, and I even did feel that same pressure of like, like, oh, like, well, so like in education, there's this pressure where you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this thing that's supposed to be for the public good. And because of that, you you don't want to ask for more money because you feel like you'll be money you you'll be seen as money hungry, um, which is totally false. But but yeah, that's where I was ten years ago. Right, 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 right. Um, so but for myself, about ten years ago, um, I was comfortable, but it, it wasn't in the degree field I was in. And what I've learned is, and which we'll talk about a little later on tonight, is how to make sure you how to ensure yourself to get the best you want right so 10 years ago i just started my engineering degree in engineering field and what i've learned is maybe this this is maybe just for myself and not for the masses but what i've learned was it's very hard to negotiate your very first salary and the reason why i say that because you're going in with no experience whatsoever it's just you your degree and just a wide open opportunity you know what 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 the you know kind of know what the field is and because you can look that up online but you really don't know how to go about more money when you don't have the experience to show that you are deserving of said money. I don't know if I'm selling myself short here or how how do you look at it? I th- I think I think it is difficult, but I think if you do the right things in college. I think it's I think it's totally possible for you to negotiate. And I think as a matter of fact, I think you should negotiate. I think I don't think you should ever even when a job says to you, we don't negotiate salaries, I think you should <laughs> negotiate. Oh absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like but, I But I was thinking I, more I was thinking more of the aspect of just your very first job out of college. You, know, you don't have you don't have my thing is you don't have any leveraging power to negotiate for that higher money. But, it's five thousand more, ten thousand more, without the experience to, to to validate yourself. So, how would you go about talking to a, a student or a recent grad and say, "Hey, even though let's say uh, you're making fifty thousand a year, push for sixty. But how can you push for that sixty without the experience necessary?" Right. It's a, it's about I think it's about what you do when you're in college, right? Like, 
like if you first of all like if you go to college for the experience like you're wasting money um and like like the college experience is cool like at all but like really like what you should do is create a story like th think of everything that you do in college think of it as like look i'm creating a story and and and, and i'm going to be able to tell that story to an employer one day. And so like for me, I never had a, a quote unquote normal job because I was like, I'm going to be till like I actually worked at the Ralph Lauren store uh, in San Marcos, Texas, which was the second biggest Ralph Lauren store in the world, by the way. But I worked there at the outlet mall and it was awful. Right. like I hated it. I had this ma manager named Everett and Everett was laying. <laughs> I did not like like he was really good at his job, though. Everett was like he's like in terms of retail, Everett is dope, y'all, but he is not a good manager. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, you know, and so I didn't like it, so I quit uh, very, very quickly. And then I said, I can't, I can't do that service. Uh, so I actually started working jobs that, like, really, uh, like, where I, like, I had a title, like, working at the university. I worked for the TRIO and Upper Bound program where I was going to high schools and, and tutoring students and helping them get ready for college. Um, and then from there... I worked um, department of the university where they were signing contracts to do some of the construction and some of the updates that are now like present at the university. So like I drive through San Marcos, I'm like, I saw all these plans before any of this happened, you know? So I, I was fortunate that I had connections and I was able to do that. So by the time it was time for me to walk into my, my first job, I actually, the thing that I look back on is like, I did have leverage and I didn't know how to use it. Like nobody told me how to use it. Um, my, my first job was also, I was a speech teacher and uh, I was on the speech and debate team from high school all through college. And so I was, it's not easy to find people. Uh, and it's certainly not easy to find those people who are going to like teach for you because it's not a, not a high salary. So I, I when I think about it, I had, I, so I, for college students, getting back to the question, it's all about everything that you do. Like, I, I hate the term resume builder, but it's almost that way, right? Like, um, and you got to document it. You use use Twitter, use LinkedIn, you document that stuff so it's well known, but like. So, you say, so you're saying uh, take take what you learned throughout your four or five years in, in your college program and try to translate that into the workforce and say, I, yep. I did Z. I was on top of projects. I did this, and this could translate to working in the group. I worked in groups all through college, so I can work in groups in here. I dealt with difficult people. I dealt with this person, this person, this person. And so you dealt with a, a wide range of, of, of multi-talented, yet sometimes frustrating individuals, and you you can use those skills to translate that into other into other fields, which which we discussed before plenty of times on this podcast. That skills are transferable; they can go anywhere. Um, so using the information, how, what was that process like of going in and say, you're telling me, I, you're telling me you can offer me this, but I want this. So how does that go about? Well, when you sit, when you sit in those rooms, right. Like also just like, I, I, my field is a little different than most people, but it, they're, the principles are kind of the same. Like, um, so in, in education, you're often already at a place and when you're trying to get your, so I've never stayed at the same school. At one point I was never at the same school more than one year. Um, <laughs> wow, like, wow, right? All right. 
Yeah, because because I I I I had this, and this this is this is sort of my answer to the question. I had this theory when I was, uh, um, like I it was my second year. It was I went in I went into public school, and I remember watching uh, LeBron James on television, and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, LeBron has in the summer. That was when like the Knicks were like making a run at LeBron James. And LeBron right. was like, I'm not going to the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> he was trolling them the entire way. We keep going. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, that summer. yeah. He, he straight up was like, I'm not going to the Knicks. And they still like, they like brought, brought billboards. And I was like, man, like, I know it's the NBA, but LeBron is, fig- I was like, I've never seen this for anyone before. Right. And, and he's figured out how to get, how to make billionaires roll out the red carpet for him in whatever city he showed them. And I remember uh, the, the second time he was like, the second time he was going to leave Cleveland and he went to LA, mm-hmm. there was this big, he was coming to Houston. I, like, I remember my, my, my homeboy from St. John's hit me up and was like, yo, Bron's coming to tour the high school. And I was like, what? Like there was this rumor like, oh, it could happen. And I just, when I thought about those scenarios, I was like, LeBron James has figured something out that's applicable to the job market. And, okay. and this this is what I figured out is that number one, you should never ever give an employer the the you should never give them the peace of mind that you tomorrow, like and and by doing that, that requires that you have to be the best in the room, right? So like right. nobody does this for he's not the best, right? So you you have to like work until you're the best. So like those first ninety days. Right. I think we we said it on the access point a bunch of times, like you start looking for your next job the day you start your current job. Right. right. And so those first 90 days, like what kind of impact can you create um, that is unlike anything they've ever seen before? So if you're hitting the normal metrics and goals you're used to seeing in those 90 days, that doesn't set, differentiate you, doesn't set you apart. It just tells them that you belong there. Right. Like you need to show them like I'm so good. That I can walk away from here and I'll be good. I'll be. I'll be. It's fine. that. It's the. It's that fine line between confidence and arrogance. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's that very fine line. But most people, yep. like LeBron, is. Yes, I'm arrogant enough to tell you that I'm confident to make sure that you pay me the max amount that I want. It's That's that, it. It's that very fine line, and most people can achieve that, that fine line. But once you do, is the world is yours. The world is right. yours. Well, and. And it, it sometimes it's going to require long hours and frustrating things. And like, like I'm real, like I'm actually living this right now, uh, where you know I so I have a I have a talent that not a lot of people know about um, is that I'm I'm pretty good with video and audio editing. Like I'm 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 like I'm better than most people. I'm not like an audio engineer, and I'm definitely not like like there there's a ton of people that are way better than me. But for most like I'm really good at it. Um, and I, I can actually, that means that like for an organization, like I can save you money from time to time by creating a high quality video and it's part of like, you can say it's part of my role. Well, like I've now gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, this is becoming an increased load. It's now, it looks like it's being rolled into my job description. Well, to me, that's a signal. That means like, oh, it's time to ask for more money and it's time to ask for stuff. Right. And when I say stuff like like right now, I'm doing this on my work laptop, which I normally don't I normally do it on my personal laptop. My work laptop is this Dell touch device that I don't. Uh, 
And and I literally said, I was like, yo, like if you're going to have me continuing to do video and audio work, I need a MacBook Pro and a monitor. I'm like, so like that's just a very basic negotiation. But I think it's like, like if you want to know, like as an early career professional or a college student, like how do I nail negotiation? It really is by like, look, use LeBron James as a model. Like let your work pigeonhole an, an employer to give you what you want for them to keep you. Um, but also like never letting them know that they have you. Like you, you should be browsing LinkedIn jobs every now and then. Right, like if you hear of a of a dope opportunity, like you should check it out. And if somebody reaches out to interview you, you should never ever turn down that interview, like ever. And I and I'll I'll say, I'll say publicly, I just like I had somebody who reached out to me via LinkedIn for a job that I knew up front. I was like, I am not taking this job because it's in a city where I don't want to live. But I still took that phone call <laughs> just in case, right? Right. In this, hold on, Mike. You, Mike went out. I went out. Yeah, you're back now. You're back now. Yeah, but I'll, I'll just say that I, I took that interview just in case, like. It's not real. Like it's a confidence booster for you. Like if you get another, if you get another job, the thing that you should be like, oh no, sorry, I'm not interviewing. I have a job, right? No, no, no. Like, like, yeah, you have a job. But like, you can still interview because. Some like it, it, it helps you know that people see your work and that they want you to work with And also, I use I'll, I've, I've had plenty of people hit me up on LinkedIn. Certain ones that I fit the description for, I interview just for the hell of it. But yep. not, not because I want to. I love them where I'm at. Um, but the, but the, the, real, the real thing is that I'm looking for places to where I can interview and keep my interviewing skills up. Yep. Because because you you never know when you have to interview again. You've been at the game ten years. And you don't really know how to interview or talk to people. You've been talking to the same people, but you don't know how to talk to yep. different people. Right? Then yes, you need to get your interview skills up. And sometimes you may need to interview right then and there. So yeah. it's a way to keep you keep you sharp, keep your interview skills sharp, keep yourself sharp as well. Right. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. so when it so when it came down to my very first negotiating set, I really didn't negotiate. Um, I was coming out of college. I worked a job that I really wasn't in my degree field, but when I got my very first one, that's when I negotiated uh, my very first engineering job. I didn't negotiate that one either because uh, I was thinking to myself, well, I don't have the experience in, in where I'm at and um, I have nothing to bring. So I have to learn everything at the job in order to sell myself further. So I got the job, started working there for a year, uh, started being with the older engineers and learned um, what they were doing so I can increase my talents and then therefore increase my salary so when I uh, so I went to a new job and then I learned okay I could I know how to do this I've been doing this for five years when I go to this new job they can BS me on I'm paying a low amount because the market's low we uh, need people are desperate for jobs so I'm just gonna throw something at you and see if it sticks no I stuck to my gun and said yeah I which I gave me was just always be always be respectful. No matter what they give you, a dollar, a thousand, a hundred thousand million, always be respectful. And I tell them, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity that you're giving me and the salary that you're giving me with these perks. But because of my experience listing X, Y, and Z, I'm, this is the salary that I'm looking for. And they said, okay. They said, okay. Well, 
we can only give you this much. And also by learning the term negotiations is always go higher than what you expect. There's a number that you're going for. There's a number you're always going for. Let's say you're going for uh, 70,000 a year, right? The job may say, oh, we can only give you 65. Well, right. I say, well, give me 80. Give me 80, right? And they'll say, okay, we'll meet you at 70, 75. Right. And the 75 is the number you're looking for. Go with that. But never say, give me, I want 60, but then I want 65, and you're selling yourself short. Yeah. That they have more money in the budget. They just don't want to spend it on you. Especially, yeah. especially with our black and brown individuals as, our, as ourselves, because we already get paid lower, a little $5,000 increase may be, may be all right to some people. But it's really, you need to go for 10, 15, 20, but also have the experience necessary to back up what the salary you're looking for, because then you have to show proof that, hey, this is why I need to earn this money. This is why I earn this money, because I have said experience and I'm going to pay me as such. Yeah. It's my brand necessary. So, so in the future, when, you, when you're talking to, not just talking to individuals like us, but when you're talking to Mike, let me back up for a second, right? Knowing that you know now, what would you tell Mike 10 years ago? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's questions that I would never answer. Um, now, like, like now if somebody asked me, um, or I wouldn't say never answer, I would answer them differently. Ask me what's your expected salary. I give, now I give one of two answers. And this is what I would tell myself 10 years ago. This is what I'm telling any college student. And this is me. This is not like, listen, I'm not a salary negotiation expert. I am a very, I'm a futurist. I'm, I'm a out of the box thinker. And so, and this is what has worked for me in a field where people say there's no money. If somebody asked me the question, what is your salary expectation? I either say to them, make me an offer. Like, like, and I say that because I'm like, I'm sending them a message. It's like, don't play games. Like, I don't, I'm not going to play a guessing game with you. Make me an offer and I will respond to your offer. So when, right. a, when an employer, like when an employer says like, what's your salary range? What they're trying to do is they're actually trying to assert power over you in that situation because they want you, like any rule of negotiation, you talk about sales negotiation, the business negotiation, they'll tell you whoever, whoever throws out the first number loses. Loses, yes. Right? And so you don't ever want to Because let's say like, like when an employer asks you what your salary range is, they know that most people will give them a lo lower than what they're worth, right? The right. other thing that I do is I name an astronomically high salary. Like, the last <laughs> yeah. time, like I'm not kidding. The last time somebody asked me that, I said $225,000 a year for a job that I knew. I was like, I know that this is, but I'm, but you asked me a ridiculous question. I'm going to, I'm going to see how you got. Like, I'm going to see job, right. Yeah, like I'm I'm gonna see what's okay. Um and and so that's what I would tell myself uh from, from ten years ago is like look like like either don't answer that question or answer it, right? Because I was people used to ask me that and I would like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. And they'd be like, Oh great. And then you have that feeling like, oh, I just got played. I could have play, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. I, what, so, what, 
So, so what I was about to talk to, I had to talk to myself 10 years ago, I would always ask for more. Um, what I've learned is, especially talking to individuals like yourself and Tiffany and Zach um, that are hosts on the show, that I've learned that I've always sell myself short. I, I'm not an out-of-box thinker. I've always relied on experience. So I always use stories to sell myself in, in the, at the job, the, the job I want, but I never sell myself on the, the type of money I want. Because I've always thought, I've always thought that because um, I can make it, I made it in, in very harsh environments. So I know that I can survive off any salary. I have, I have before and we'll still keep doing it. Um, but not using my experiences to sell myself on getting a better salary. That's one of the things I would, uh, I would harp on. And secondly, um, if they do ask me, I've, I've had the experience where they did ask me that question. I say just, um, it's always negotiable, always negotiable. Um, and then what I do is I look up the, the salaries on salary.com, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, other websites and say, okay, this is what the average should be. I'm gonna go 20% higher and see what they say. And that's just, not even with salary, but just with um, 401k benefits, that's with vacation time, um, sick time, time off, personal time, working from home. Um, all those things can be negotiated. What I've learned is, um, are you, do you watch, uh, well, this is, this is contract negotiations, right? Yeah. If, anything that's on a piece of paper that you're signing, you can negotiate. Yeah. You, you can negotiate where the period is on the contract, where the comma is on the contract. Nego I negotiate everything, and I'm, I tell other people to look at, to read everything as well. Um, you may be selling your intellectual property working for a job. You can negotiate that out your contract, you know? You may not, some contracts I've, I've had a sign before that said that you can't um, work in the same field or work, work with other competitors for a year. You have to wait a year to work, to work for a competitor. Right. That was in a contract, hmm. you know? So, so some people don't read that. All they see is, hey, I get a salary, I get yeah. two weeks vacation, you know, the, the standard stuff. A salary, two weeks vacation, matched 401k, may get a pension here or there, and they, they go about their business, but not realize you got to read the fine print. First job out of, out of college, I really did read the fine print. You know, my first job, I got a salary, I got a bonus, an upfront bonus that said, hey, uh, you get $5,000, you know what I'm saying, bonus upfront sign. All right, cool, I'm signing. Now I realize that if I, get fired, or if I quit within a year, I have to pay that salary back. Terrible. It, it's already taxed as it is, you know? Yeah. So stay there for a year just so I won't lose $5,000, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's why I, I tell people, you know, read everything, make sure that this is the terms that you that you feel comfortable agreeing with. If not, go back to the table. Change. They know, these companies know that you are able that you can negotiate, you can change stuff on, in that contract because it's a legal, legally binding contract. This is for you. This is, it should be, it's, even though it's a standardized document, that contract should be personalized for you, right? And we, we always talk about the numbers. The numbers could be great, but especially in the COVID area, can you work from home? Can you have time off? You know, negotiate everything, everything. And it's one thing I would, I would tell myself 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I think, I think I love, I love the, like, read the contract, right? Because you got, you got to, like, you, you can't be so excited to get a job that you're screwed. 
especially you know you fresh out of college you have been in the workforce well I, I was you know personal story I, I was out of work for a year you know thankfully I had enough savings to, uh, to, to, to get by for a year but you know I'm I, I, I had a contract job to come you know to my place and I read over them but it was something I wouldn't do because the, the situation wasn't right right it, it may be a three-month contract or one-month contract but where, where do I go from here? I'm still, I'm still trying to find another job, another job. So, you know, the, you don't always jump at the first thing. You don't always jump at the second thing because you're desperate. They know that you're desperate because the market says so. So you're going to just throw something at you and say, oh, you accepted it. You're going to you be stuck here until you try to find something new. But you can't because why? The, the, the market's dry, you know? Yep. So you're stuck. So I didn't jump the very first offer, the very second offer. Um, just for a three-month contract position, I, I found something that I was comfortable with, with the salary I was, I was, I, I was looking for, in the position that I wanted. And I'm still here uh, three years later to this day, working and having fun because I stuck to what I, I stuck to what I knew. And um, and that goes like, don't always jump at the first thing. Never, never jump at the first thing because they know. So have you ever jumped at the first contract that you saw? Like just not even just in the workforce, but just like in, in business in general, just you see something, oh, this sound good, I'll sign off and then go go run with it. Or you should sit down and read it and have other people read it as well too. I'm paranoid, so I don't jump at the first, I don't do that. Like not even right. with buying a house, like um, like I'm, I, I, just, I just put a house under contract in Dallas-Fort Worth area and I mean, there there may be an issue where we we have to go back and amend the contract again, um, you know. So, so it's uh, I never jump at the first things, particularly not with a job. Because so the other thing I'll say about this, is, and this is this is where my journey has been uh, on unorthodox in terms of uh, salary negotiation, because I have not applied for a job in a long time, like it's been like six years since I've applied for a job and I have not been working at the same place for six years. So salary negotiation, I will say is completely different when you are being recruited to come somewhere than it is when you applying for a job. And I recognize it's not everybody's experience. Um, the, the thing I'll say before I say that it's just because it's not everybody's experience doesn't mean it can't be yours, right? Like, my, my encouragement to you, the number one thing I can tell people on the access point is like get online and build a personal brand and, and like build a signal to attract employer, employers to you. Because just like every, if we're honest, like the job search process sucks. Like applying for jobs sucks. Like I see like, tick, I just saw a TikTok where a dude was like, like write your resume and then copy the job description, paste it in the resume and make the text white. So that when, when a resume scanner hits it, like you'll have all the keywords and they'll be like, oh, this person's resume is on the top. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't care about that. I don't like that. Um, I, I, I would much rather like find a place where I like. And then when somebody else comes with another position on my list, I hear them out. Um, but, but that is where I found the most impactful salary negotiation is when it's somebody coming to me. Um, I, I had a situation uh, years ago where I actually, I left the school, 
I had, I had already, I had planned to leave, leave the school where I was working and I had made it very well known. It was like, I'm not coming back. Um, and they said, okay, well, can we talk salary to see if you might come back? I sat at the, the table. I sat across the table from the principal of the school um, in Austin, Texas. And he gave me the number. He gave the first number he lost because I said, if you could have paid me like that since day one, why have you been paying me $20,000 less? And I, I said, I will never come back here <laughs> because of that. And then I took that number that he gave me, he lost. And I went to my other employer. I said, this is what my school offered me to stay. And they said, oh, <laughs> right. So, so it's like, I, I, for me, being the hunted and, and doing that pre-work, um, like sometimes it's gonna, you're gonna stay up late. Like sometimes you're gonna have to wake up early. Sometimes you're gonna waste time taking phone calls with people that wanna pick your brain and talk about stupid stuff. Like, but you never know when one of those connections could lead to a, a quite literally a career altering, a life altering so, salary. So, you, so what you're saying is you need to make yourself the pretty girl at the high school pretty much. For the yeah. jobs, yeah. For <laughs> the job, yeah. So you need to make sure that you're the one that, that's being courted. You, yeah. Because, because you have the leverage. They want you, which means that you did something to attract. They want you. So yeah. The, 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 choose. yeah the, the job I have now, I actually created the position. I, like, they came, like, they came to me, and we started talking, and they were like, tell me everything you want to do and the things you don't want to do. Like, I created my job duties like as a part of negotiating for this job, right? right. Like I named my price uh, point or I named the price that I would not go. Like, I was like, this is the number you need to hit for me to even talk to you. Like, it's not the number I need. It's the number we need to, t like, this is the, ba the basement, right? Like, so it was like, but, but the, the, for me, and honestly, the strength of that negotiation, like we, an episode a while ago, we talked about receipts, like mm -hmm. bringing them receipts, right? Like th that for me, those re those are what what makes has made my salary negotiation impactful, right? So, particular education, if somebody's like, "Yo, like, do you care about equity?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have a TED talk." Like, like my my dots, my thoughts are well documented online. I have TED talks. I've got a Forbes feature. Um, I in the Austin American States, like I have these places where I can pull up. Um, I have a friend who has a media kit. And when jobs are like, yo, do you ever do public speaking? He's like, yeah, here's my media kit. Right? Oh, right there. Yeah. And he's like, people pay me $25,000 plus to come speak for them. Uh, what salary are you offering? Right? Like he's, he's got it down to the science, but yeah, like I, I, I think, I think that's the key is that, like, if you can create where just like you said, Brandon, like if you're the pretty girl at the dance and they right. all want you, the negotiation is going to be a lot easier. Right. All right. Okay. So man, it's uh, been about 35 minutes. We had a great conversation, great conversation about, about signing negotiations. Um, once again, Mike, where can the people find you at, bro? LinkedIn, on Twitter? Yeah, LinkedIn. Okay, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, Mike Yates. Uh, Twitter, at just Mike Yates. And, and, and talk about, you know, while I got you on, we never really discussed your other, the other podcasts that you have about the school. School podcast. So talk. I have a podcast. Yeah, I have a podcast called Schoolish. It used to be called School Sucks. I changed the name of it 
because there was already a podcast called School Sucks that was on break when I started it. Uh, so I thought they were down, but they came back. And I just wanted to be respectful. I didn't want to like battle over that. But I school ish. Um, and basically, what I'm doing that podcast is I'm collecting the largest repository of stories about school so we can use them as data to change education. Um, that's what I'm all about. So if you ever, if you're on the podcast, um, I'm not looking for Seth Godin or Gary Vee. Like, I'm, I'm not like hunting for the biggest guests. I want like actual human beings, like real people uh, with real stories. Um, and we're just going to keep documenting and keep, keep rolling. All right, that's good. Enough. You can follow me. Well, first of all, follow me corporate, living corporate underscore pie on Twitter. Also, follow me on living corporate. You can follow me on Twitter at Ghostface Signal. And next week is next week is kind of kind of cool. So it'll be myself and Tiffany. Mike, you're always welcome to join it as well. But we'll do something different next week. Cool. Uh, we're gonna have an actual guest. Uh, I I've been knowing him for a couple of years. One of my fraternity brothers, real good dude. Um, his name is Nigri Poole. We're gonna talk about the experiences of a new college graduate. We've always been talking about talking uh, to the college graduates and in, um, in the in the college uh, students, but I want to actually bring a student up here. He just graduated college um, in December. He just started working in the Austin area. And so I just want to get, ex get experiences from him that we, uh, we've been talking about for season one and season two and just pick his brain on how did he work? Uh, what was the interviewing process like for him? What was the job search like for him? You know, moving away from home, going to school, working, how to deal with the the people and things like that. So I just want to get a, a fresh experience. You know, we we talk all the time, but just get somebody new up here and and talk about those experiences from my firsthand experience. So I think that'll be a, um, just a great change of pace for the for the access point. Um, and with that said, we thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday, seven p.m. Central. See you guys. Peace.